0: Attend while in high school. Jumpstart your career. Your high-tech training starts here. Van Buren Tech. Your career, your future, your life.
1: The Breakfast Club on WCSY-FM
2: South Haven is paid for by Enterprises, LLC. Welcome to The Breakfast Club on Super Hits 103.7 Cozy FM. Highlighting what's good every Friday morning as experts, organizations, and event planners focus on the positive and relevant ways to experience hope. Teresa Getman, Rosalie Placati, and Paul Leyendecker are your hosts on Cozy and the podcast at WCSY.com. The Breakfast Club is sponsored by Whiteford Wealth Management in South Haven. Let them help you build wealth at
1: whitefordwealth.com. The South Haven, Bangor, and St. Joseph Banking Centers of Sturgis Bank and Vassar Chiropractic and Rehabilitation for a different chiropractic experience. VassarChiropractic.com. Now today's breakfast club on cozy. Good morning. I'm Paul Ann Becker with Teresa Argetman and Rosalie Placati. It's Black History Month, and we've been shedding light on some wonderful African American local business owners, and we've got another one today. Wow! I'm absolutely counted an honor uh, again to
3: introduce to some and present to others. Bianca Nash Mio and she is and there's a lot of initials here <laughs> i b c l c comma c d i know that these all her certifications and and special training she's a birth and postpartum doula an educator for child passenger safety t- now that's huge child passenger safety technician, and international board-certified lactation consultant. Serving, we're so grateful and blessed to have her serving Southwest Michigan area.
4: So good morning, Bianca. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful and honored to be here.
3: Yes. Tell us what those initials stand for so I can...
4: Okay. So the IBCLC is the Internationally Board Certified Lactation Consultant. And that credentialing is an international one. um, And it's just a licensed lactation consultant. And then the CD is a certified doula. So, yeah.
3: And my goodness, um, it, it just seems like, okay, the need for you is huge. And just tell us, I mean, I mean, I'm going to let you run with why, you know, this position is so needed in our area. Cause I'm sure a lot of people are not aware of, um, the need for what you do.
4: Yes. Yes. So to talk about the need first, I have to talk about everything that I do. So part of what I do is, um, a lot of advocacy and activism for black and brown people, specifically ensuring that black and brown people have access to quality birthing and lactation services, and they have a good understanding of what their rights are, what informed consent is and means, and how to actually have information so you can consent. And then also just ensuring that equitable treatment is occurring, um, educating folks so that they understand how to receive equitable treatment and then how to advocate for themselves to have that equitable treatment as well. Um, So with all of that being said, I utilize the doula work and the lactation work to be able to push for those things. There are some really, really scary scary statistics right now that state that Black women die at three to four times higher rates than their white counterparts in a labor and delivery or childbirth situation. So that in and of itself is a really, really high and scary statistic. And part of that, when we dig a little bit deeper, it takes into account socioeconomic status and uh, education. And when those two are factored in, the statistic the statistic actually gets worse. So there's a problem, and there's a problem in our country, and it has a lot to do with uh, structural racism and systematic racism. And a lot of what I do is to really pull back those layers and help people, not only people who are birthing, but also systems, understand how we can work together to remove some of those barriers to help to discre- decrease these barriers. I'm oh, sorry, I'm speaking too fast to help to decrease some of these disparities that we're seeing in our country. That's that's a huge number.
5: You know, we spoke a little bit before the show, Bianca, and you wouldn't expect that in our country, right? This is nuts. It's not good. It's not cool. Um, you know, in this day and age, what, where is the breakdown? And oh, we're, first of all, we're so glad you're here in our area. I agree with Teresa. Yeah. We're so lucky, but you know, some areas aren't so lucky. So how, why is this happening?
4: So first off, I, I just want to address what you just first said. Yeah. It's, it's really scary. And some of the statistics that we see in our country are comparable to those of underdeveloped countries. So when you look at some countries that have not, that, that don't have the advancement, the technological advancements that we have, the medical advancements that we have, you can understand it, right? But but when you look at our country that we're living in 2024, how do we see these disparities? It's, it's really startling and it's really shocking. But- I think that with anything, when you're looking at a problem, it's important to look at the foundation. It's important to dig a little bit further. Someone once said that when an archaeologist wants to understand about people or a people, they dig and then they look at the bones. So when we look at the bones of the medical healthcare complex, specifically as it relates to black maternal care, we see a system that is rooted and really originates in racism. We start off with Dr. Marion Sims, who is still called the father of modern gynecology. And Dr. Marion Sims is quite well known for doing experiments on enslaved women, women of color, black women, without giving them proper anesthesia, without giving them or meeting their needs, not taking care of them, And this is how we got procedures like the C-section. This is how we get different procedures that are practices that we see today, right? These came from Dr. Marion Sims. And there are women who are quite notable that he experimented on in quite unethical ways. And this is the foundation. This is the foundation. These are the bones. So when we think about this being the bones, a system that is built on unethical, very racially unkind care, of course, when you build on top of that, you're going to see a system that has a lot of racist implications and racist actions within it. Yeah.
5: I know that's, that's huge. And so how do you bring about, what do you do then? I mean, obviously you're, you're the voice, you're the education hear the advocate talk and to relate to physicians and mothers. I love the doula thing too. Teresa uh, Saloma is a good friend of mine and I never knew what that was. And I think it's a beautiful profession. Um, So beautiful. But um, anyway, so how do you do
4: this? How, how, how do you get out there? So there are numerous ways that I get out there first. Um, I myself have a company called birth queens and milk queens in that company. I serve as boots on the ground that works with folks, birthing people to be able to provide them with doula services. Um, I don't so much do that as much as I have done previously, but I do lactation services. So I provide people with in-home lactation visits. I also do lactation education for professionals and for families who are in need of that as well. In my, other hat in my professional capacity, (laughs) I work for an organization called Common Sense Childbirth Training Institute, and I'm their program manager. And we have uh, a goal to bring about or train uh Equitable perinatal workforce. So we want to bring about a perinatal workforce that understands why it is important to serve Black and Brown people and the barriers that Black and Brown people face. So we teach doula, childbirth education, um, and then also let's say doula childbirth education and community health worker. And we have another class that's called the community outreach perinatal educator. And through all of these classes, we help to bring about an equitable perinatal workforce. One that understands what it is like to be a black and Brown person and how we can help to change the narrative for black and Brown people. And we train people around the country with these courses. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting
3: here going, wow.
4: <laughs> Me it's too. Like,
3: like you said, it is 2024, right? And the numbers, um, the numbers don't lie. And I know people go, "Oh, we don't have racism anymore. You don't deal with that anymore." But there are things that people don't understand right. um, that we you do automatically, and it is, in fact, racist. You know, they don't understand that they have judgments and uh, and biases, biases that they don't understand are grounded in race. And it's just how, unfortunately, you were raised and what you saw around you um and to become aware and to be actively seeking um it's interesting that to find people who are actively seeking ways that they can better themselves and not and and break the the cycle um right. because you just don't know what you don't know
4: you don't and i think it's really interesting anytime someone talks about like oh racism doesn't exist anymore i tell them that there is an idea that was created actually from Dr. Marion Sims that black and brown people don't feel pain in the same way as their counterparts. And there was a recent survey that was conducted amongst medical students of if they thought black and brown people had thicker skin and did not feel pain in the same way. And there was an overwhelming response of, yes, we do believe that they don't feel pain in the same way and that they have thicker skin. So this is a prevailing idea. And it's rooted <laughs> in racism and it's rooted in these these really racist ideas, right? So it's, it's something that we have a lot of work that we have to do. And part of what I do is having these conversations, working with different hospitals and different entities to be able to help them understand, like, We can do this work and we can create change, but it's about changing the systems and the structures that lead to these disparities because we can trace the disparities back to food deserts. We can trace them back to structural racism, social determinants of health that are rooted in structural racism. So there's so much there and it's so convoluted. And I think that when we start to pull it apart, people can easily see that if we do just a little bit of work, we can create an equal playing field that would make the this the healthcare system better for so many birthing people, not only black and brown birthing people, but all birthing people.
5: Well, there's also the whole situation with our healthcare system. I mean, yeah. there's so many things attached to that, simply even transportation. Yeah. I mean, right? If you're in a rural area or you don't have a car or you have other children to get to where you need to be... Um, yeah. This is a really tough one, uh, and, and again, we're so glad you're here. So um, how did you get into We've only got one minute left, but I do want to hear – Um,
4: and have part of my time. So (laughs) I just want to add something really quick, really interesting to that. That is very relevant because most people don't think in our area these things are happening. So Michigan Department of Health and Human Services has an Office of Vital Records. And they came out with a report a couple of years ago that listed barriers to prenatal care and the number three barrier in Region 8 of Michigan, that is the region of Michigan that our county falls in is transportation. So the number three reason that people could not get into prenatal care early was because they did not have transportation. So our insurance companies have to do better. Our providers have to do better. And we all around just need better access for people who need health care.
5: Yes, I agree. Well, I know we are closing up on this segment, but we may grab you back to keep talking. But (laughs) if if people want to find out more how to find you, how to contact you, how would they do that?
4: Perfect. So folks can reach out to me. I do have uh, different social media handles on Instagram. I can be found at the milk queen on Facebook. I can be found at birth Queens and milk Queens. And then my Gmail address is birth Queens and milk Queens at gmail.com.
5: Very cool. We might have to find out where you got those names. I have an idea, but I do love it. So thank you. <laughs> we'll be back.
1: All right. Reach out to us with ideas and comments. You can email the Breakfast Club at wcsy dot com. Altogether, no spaces. The Breakfast Club at
0: WCSY.com. We'll be right back. The South Haven, Bangor, and St. Joseph Banking Centers, a division of Sturgis Bank, believes in community. That's why they're proud to sponsor the Breakfast Club, Friday mornings at 830 on Cozy FM. At the South Haven, Bangor, St. Joseph Banking Centers, it's people that make the difference. People that can help you build or expand your business. Stop at any of their branch locations in South Haven, Bangor, St. Joseph, or visit SturgisBank.com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Vassar Chiropractic and Rehabilitation Downtown South Haven works to get you out of pain, back
1: to doing the things you love and avoid invasive procedures. Dr. Vassar believes that working together with you to achieve your goals is one of the most fulfilling experiences. For a different chiropractic experience, learn more and make an appointment at vassarchiropractic.com. Proud sponsors of The Breakfast Club on Cozy FM. Vassar Chiropractic and Rehabilitation,
2: 330 Kalamazoo, downtown South Haven. This is The Breakfast Club on Super Hits, 103.7 Cozy FM. Highlighting what's good. The Breakfast Club on Cozy is sponsored by Whiteford Wealth Management in South Haven. Let them help you build wealth at whitefordwealth.com. The
1: South Haven, Bangor, and St. Joseph Banking Centers of Sturgis Bank and Vassar Chiropractic and Rehabilitation for a different chiropractic experience. VassarChiropractic.com.
2: And now, back to The Breakfast Club on Cozy.
1: Thanks for listening to our show on Cozy, Friday mornings at 8.30, streaming and podcasting at WCSY.com. Just click where you see podcasts. I'm Paul Ann Decker, back with Rosalie Plicati and Teresa R. Getman. And our special guest is back. Yes.
5: We had to steal her for another <laughs> few minutes.
4: <laughs>
5: um Bianca is is with us again. And you know, in her bio, of course, it says you own and operate birth queens and milk queens. And I just love it. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about where you I have a funny feeling, I understand, but elaborate, please.
4: Okay, so first I, it was just, I had a breastfeeding support group and it was called Milk Queens. And I, I just, someone came up with that name in a think tank that I was at. And I was like, Ooh, I love that. Can I have that? And then when I started doing birth work uh and working as a doula, I just added on birth Queens and it seemed to fit perfectly. And I was like, okay, it's going to be birth Queens and Milk Queens. Uh, and for me, it just, it, it just, Felt right. You know, when something's right, it just feels right. So it felt right. And I was like, okay, this, this is what my business name is going to be. And it gets a lot of attention. And I think that that's perfect because uh, people can come up to me and ask me like, well, what is this about? That's interesting. (laughs) Birth queens and milk queens, but also the name is, you know, clear enough that people can kind of understand what I do, right. It's not misleading at all there. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Well, and you know, um, breast milk, human breast milk is the healthiest, then right. you can do for your baby. It is the cheapest because you got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and formula is so expensive and it's not the best. Now, having, being a hundred years old um, I was not successful in the day uh, breastfeeding. So I went to bottles, but um, I do regret that because there's also a very special bond with your
4: baby at that point. Right. Such a special bond that's created such a special bond. It. It's something that's really vital right now, and I want to use this time as a bit of a platform, so please forgive me. But, you know, in the in the past couple of years, we saw, especially in this post-pandemic era, we saw a couple of formula crises where there was a shortage of formula and folks did not have access to the necessary formula to be able to feed their babies. During that time, I heard of people using protein powder. Ugh. in place of formula. I heard of people using, um, you know, uh, almond milk and things like that to be able to give to their baby because they didn't have formula. And so with that being said, that that shortage happened as a result of an Abbott factory in Sturgis, Michigan, actually. And We aren't so far removed from that. We definitely can go back to a time like that. And it's easy. And that factory has closed several times since reopening. And we're starting to see shortages again. So I always recommend to folks who are birthing and pregnant Have a plan B. So if you do think about like, hey, I don't want to breastfeed my baby. Okay, I understand that. But also maybe think about expressing just a little bit and keeping some in the freezer just in case. Because in this era that we're living in, things are just so unpredictable that it's important to have some sort of plan B. So having more lactation professionals like myself in the community is so important. And there are people like myself who do home visits. I do home visits. And I also am willing to get on a phone call or telehealth with someone or anything like that. To be able to support folks through to success, yeah.
5: Well, and, and you know, as a first-time mother, I can still remember not being uh, uh, very good, and the nurse showing me once, and then when I got home, it was well, you could call I think la leche or something, yeah, in the day, right? And yeah. I was I was too shy. I I just thought it was a failure on my part. Um, that every other woman can do it. But the more I've learned over the years is everybody struggles. You got to try, right?
4: Yeah. Everybody struggles. I'm sorry. No. You were just going to say something. Everybody I, struggles.
3: I was able to, and but in my day and age, literally I was, it was like, I'm going to be very honest, was told, you know, you need to get your child. That's so old fashioned. Right. As I was a young new mom I just look back and think how bizarre that that was the thought that that's so old fashioned just right. put the baby on a bottle. And I'm like and I and then with my next child, why because we have a different blood type and her bilirubin count was too high, I couldn't. So it's like um that, you know, that our times are changing, thank God, but to say that's old fashioned or something like that is just bizarre to me when it's the healthiest thing you can give your child if you're eating right.
4: Right. Well, even if you're not eating right, the body has just as when someone is pregnant, and the placenta is going to go around the body and figure out whatever the baby needs, while breastfeeding, the same thing is going to occur. Breast milk is made from the contents of the blood, not the contents of the stomach. So this is why I encourage people to continue yeah. taking their prenatal vitamin. This is why I encourage people to continue trying to make healthy dietary choices. It's hard. It's hard, especially, you know, while pregnant, you have cravings. And then even after, while you're breastfeeding, you have cravings too. But I want to go back and I want to speak to something that you said, uh, Teresa. So in the black and brown community. We have some of the lowest breastfeeding rates. Our breastfeeding rates are almost a fourth lower than our white counterparts. Um, And this is data that I got from the Healthy People's Project. But it's interesting to note that there are a lot of layers there. And one of those layers is intergenerational trauma. So intergenerational trauma is a principle that believes that things that happen to our ancestors or people before us can affect us on a molecular level. Mm -hmm. So it can affect some of the decisions that we make. If there was a lot of trauma, so folks who have relatives or ancestors who have gone through the Holocaust, they are more likely to be more depressed as they go through generations and things like that. So something that, is within our bloodline as being black and brown people is slavery. Our ancestors were enslaved, and during times of enslavement, many of our women ancestors were forced to wet nurse. And during this time of wet nursing, they were forced to watch their own children die. Sometimes they were forcibly impregnated. Sometimes they were moved away from their family. And if they were forcibly impregnated, the child that resulted may have been killed or sold, and things like that. So it created a deep seated hate. For breastfeeding and, and rightfully so, because it was something that caused so much pain. Oh, yeah. There are so many things that have happened to the black and brown community with formula marketing. There is a, a case of the fault sisters, which I encourage everyone to look up. But all of these things created a position for the black and brown people to be disadvantaged in the way we look at breastfeeding and in our breastfeeding success rates. So part of what I do also is talking about the effects that intergenerational trauma has had on breastfeeding in the black and brown community and how we can use storytelling as a way to heal some of that trauma and reclaim our heritage of breastfeeding. So it's, there's so much, there's so much to the birth work and to to what I do. And I like to talk about that, especially because it's, it's really healing for a lot of people.
5: You know, so that's
3: important. Go ahead, Teresa, I'm sorry. I might as well just had a counseling session right there. because <laughs> You know, yeah. I can let go of the anger that I mm-hmm. had because I was told, but really they were doing the best they could at Absolutely. the time with the information they had. They just didn't, they, in somewhere back in their lives, breastfeeding was considered, you know, a a something, I guess, under advantage people did which is so bizarre (laughs) to me as I look back now but yes I understand it makes sense to me now that you say that so thank you for that little session I needed that and feeling
4: (laughs) no problem and I think that many of us need that we need to understand that it's it's intergenerational it's not something personal that grandma has against us but we're just not far enough removed from enslavement that we have lost track of some of these ideas and healed some of this hurt. But it's important for us to understand that breastfeeding is amazing. According to UNICEF, if more women were to breastfeed for longer, then the United States could save about $40 billion in healthcare costs. So breast milk has the ability to be able to change the acidity in the gut. So bad bacteria doesn't survive. It helps to, it has immunoglobulins in it, which helps to boost the immune system. There's research conducted by UNICEF that babies who are breastfed earlier on, they have higher IQs. They're healthier. They have less ear infections. There's so many positives that come from breastfeeding and breast milk. And even the makeup of human milk in different places around the world is different. So there are so many things about breast milk that we don't understand. But one thing that we do understand is when a baby is breastfed, they tend to be healthier. They tend to have less hospital visits. They tend to have less cases of ear infections and diarrhea. And they tend to have lower rates of diabetes later in life. They are less likely to be obese. There are so many great things that our country could benefit from because our country just is struggling. Wow.
5: I think we also have to um also um uh celebrate the moms that are out there some of them get grief when they're when they're breastfeeding. I know a couple women and they breastfeed. Um one is on her fourth kid. She does such a good job. She doesn't make a big deal about it. She feeds when he wants to. Um and it's so natural and yeah. there's nothing i've seen about it she doesn't do it you know standing up in front of a crowd it's something between her and her baby so uh i you know you've taken this whole, sh- whole show bianca and i'm so <laughs> glad <laughs> You are amazing, yes. and I honestly, um, tell us again how to get a hold of you, um, or for people that are interested, and in how else we can promote you. Oh, Teresa's got something. You touched on something that's really important. It's
3: great. Breast milk is not only for feeding that it's, it's good for. You said it's good for so many other things, but right. it is really good for other things, right. such as, I mean, rashes. I mean, there was- yes. like, Jessica, for well, one of my children froze <laughs> their milk all the time. But I'm saying you can use it for so many things other than feeding the baby. And she was really she was her whole dedication was everything she put in her mouth because there are certain things that she would eat would. Yeah. would produced high rates of milk and she was a she was a milk queen.
4: Yes, and that's (laughs) why milk queen works because you can embody that and be like, I'm a milk queen. Yes, you are. And that's (laughs) how we celebrate those folks who are breastfeeding. Um, Breast milk can be put in soaps. It can be made into jewelry. It can be put in ointments just to be able to boost them up and have some of those antimicrobial and antibacterial properties. And the best way to get in touch with me, my Instagram is The Milk Queen. You can find me on Instagram there and then on Facebook, Facebook. I am at birth Queens and milk Queens on Gmail. You can reach out to me at birthqueens and milk queens at gmail.com.
5: Wow. Thank you. This has been one of our best interviews and you are amazing. <laughs> Keep up the good work.
4: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for those kind words. I appreciate them so very much. A much needed show,
3: a much needed word. Um, hopefully somebody listening said, Hmm. You know, let me think about that, you know, and, and is willing to dig deeper into their beliefs and thoughts. And, and that could be whether you're black, brown, white, yellow, whatever, we all have something we can work on. So thank
1: you. I appreciate you.
4: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to have been invited to come today.
1: So good to catch up with you again. We love it when you share ideas and comments email the breakfast club at wcsy.com one long word no spaces the breakfast club at wcsy.com podcasts on the website as well and for more inspiration from Teresa argetman visit innerprizesllc.com. Have a great day.
2: You've been listening to The Breakfast Club, highlighting what's good every Friday morning at 830 as experts, organizations, and event planners focus on the positive and relevant ways to experience hope. The Breakfast Club on Cozy is sponsored by Whiteford Wealth Management in South Haven. Let them help you build wealth at whitefordwealth.com,
1: the South Haven, Bangor, and St. Joseph Banking Centers of Sturgis Bank, and Vassar Chiropractic
2: and Rehabilitation for a different chiropractic experience vassarchiropractic.com join us again next friday at eight thirty for the breakfast club on super hits 103.7 cozy fm find a podcast of today's show at wcsy.com vassar chiropractic and rehabilitation downtown
1: south haven works to get you out of pain back to doing the things you love and avoid invasive procedures. Dr. Vassar believes that working together with you to achieve your goals is one of the most fulfilling experiences. For a different chiropractic experience, learn more and make an appointment at vassarchiropractic.com. Proud sponsors of The Breakfast Club on Cozy FM. Vassar Chiropractic and Rehabilitation,
0: 330 Kalamazoo, downtown South Haven. The South Haven, Bangor, and St. Joseph Banking Centers, a division of Sturgis Bank, believes in community. That's why they're proud to sponsor the new Breakfast Club, Friday mornings at 8.30 on Cozy FM. At the South Haven, Bangor, St. Joseph Banking Centers, it's people that make the difference. People that can help you build or expand your business. Stop at any of their branch locations in South Haven, Bangor, St. Joseph. Or visit Sturgisbank.com. Equal Housing Lender, Member FDIC. At Whiteford Wealth Management, they have the pleasure of serving clients in nearly half of the country from their beloved South Haven. Rest assured, with Whiteford Wealth Management, you will always get simple, candid advice based on the wealth of knowledge and experience in tax, legal, and investments. Clients trust Whiteford Wealth Management with their life savings, and they earn that trust by recommending products. That That they use themselves. Whiteford Wealth Management. Let them help you build wealth. WhitefordWealth.com. Proud sponsors of The Breakfast Club on Cozy.
1: The Breakfast Club on WCSY-FM South Haven is paid for by Enterprises LLC.